Hello and welcome to Homebrew with me, Bex. And me, Eason. And this time we're joined by Nigel from Myamada. Hi, Nigel. Oh, hi. Hi, guys. How are you doing? We're good. How have you been doing this year? Uh, yeah, that is, that's always been a, it's a, still a difficult question um, <laughs> to answer. But uh, at the moment, I feel okay. <laughs> and I'm kind of like, I take it on a relative scale. So like I'm doing better uh, now. It's definitely been a, a roller coaster year. And how has my mother been getting on during everything that's happened? It's so I think similar here in a way. So sort of the um, that is tied to to me for for better or worse. But um, so that is also uh, better. I think it's been a a shock. Um, sort of with everything going on. Um, so like we're, obviously we're like when the pandemic. Uh, first not first a call but when it first came apparent that this is like you know a thing that's going to change uh life going forward um what that meant for for my matter is that everything shut down um essentially from a from a business perspective because like for us um we see people so for people who don't know we make manga comics um and we sort of have our own universe of characters and stories and and we make um sort of uh, manga style comics to tell those stories but in terms of like a a business so we make a lot of our money is dependent on being in the same room with people whether it's like workshops with young people or uh, our own event gamepad or um like conventions uh so yeah <laughs> all those got uh, shut down um so it's kind of like a, a real uh, shock to essentially see a, a sort of business and the sort of prospect for future business kind of stop all of a sudden. Uh, so yeah, it's kind of like dealing with that and then trying to come to terms with that and figure out how we're actually going to uh, exist uh, as a as a business going forward. So uh, I think I'm sort of working on making progress through that, but I will let you know at it next year. <laughs> how much of an impact? does it have when big events get cancelled like this because from our perspective the the one that you know we really missed this year was being unable to go to hyper japan but there's so many mm-hmm. conventions large and small happening all over the country and i know that in a normal year you would go to a lot of them and, yeah. and just not being able to meet people interact with people and i guess interact with other creators as well who go to these events as well it must leave a big sort of hole in in the world i guess yeah no it definitely does i think a lot of it was the uncertainty um because so in march uh there were a few events um it was like things like comic-con it was hyper japan um we had like yeah, plans for hyper japan we, were, we had plans to do sort of um things related to like uh gamepad events as well and um, like I said, that, so that all stopped. And I think the uncertainty of it, because what happened with most conventions is, um, well, I don't know about most, but a lot of conventions that sort of I was concerned with, they postponed. So people postponed to like July or August. And I think that was the time where sort of collectively everyone thought, okay, this is so this is bad. It's shut down. But yeah, we'll, we'll be able to get back to this <laughs> uh, by summer. It'll be done by summer. And then, as you get closer to that, and then the realization that actually this is a this is a long term thing. Um, so even those events that were postponed then got outright cancelled. And then, um, I think for me, the one that really hit was. Uh, do you guys know E three? 
Yeah, the gaming event. Exactly. So yeah, it's like sort of the industry's sort of biggest yeah. event in terms of like, I guess, impact on the industry and, and particularly this being a year where um, sort of new console, a new console generation is coming. That was kind of a big event. Um, so they cancelled, oh, I can't remember, I feel like it was April. It was relatively early because the event usually takes place in June. And when they cancelled that, like for me personally, that was like, a, oh, wow. So if they're cancelling, that means everything is going to get cancelled eventually. Because that's like, if the biggest event is cancelling their event, then I don't see how anyone else is um, is going to do theirs. So it, it took a, a lot out in terms of, like you say, the, the community aspect, because conventions are where we go to sort of um, meet new fans, existing fans, and, um, you know, try and showcase and, and sell our products. So it, it, yeah, it just, it took a lot out um and i feel in a way that's yeah there's still a, sort of a, a hole there so you've kind of alluded to lots of these different things but for for listeners who aren't aware of what uh my matter does i mean you've been around for a number of years now and i think we first came across you at a hyper japan when we found out about the manga you were creating but uh could you maybe describe not only that and the kind of characters that you've produced for that, but also uh, some of your social gaming events, I think, which you've alluded to as well. So Gamepad and, yeah. and how those work. Yeah. So, uh, so Maya Mada is a manga brand um, that we started many, many years ago. And uh, I started it with a friend of mine, Lau, who's uh, no longer involved now, but um, we created this universe of characters and stories. And because we both had an interest in creating stories and, uh, manga um, and anime we thought we'd sort of blend all those in <laughs> into a brand that would allow us to come up with our own ideas for uh, manga books uh, and tell the stories of the characters so we had this idea of Maya Mada as a television network and each of the stories we would create would then be told through each individual book um, so like you guys would have seen like when we have when we start a story it starts with someone literally watching the show and then going into the show uh, and telling the story. So that was the idea. And that was really just because, like I said, we had the interest, but also um, we needed something that would allow us to come up with just like random ideas, but still makes sense mm. in the context of um, of a brand. So yeah, we kind of uh, went on our way with that. Didn't really know um, exactly what we were doing <laughs> necessarily. Um having both engineering backgrounds and no background in business comics or yeah, <laughs> uh, anything relevant. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we sort of went on our way, uh, sort of obviously like made mistakes and learned, um, so sort of went again and then we started adding bits to, to the brand, to the universe where it would kind of expand, uh, things. So, like with the gamepad event, how that developed is so we'd already have we already had a, a a brand and we had I think one or two maybe actually just one samurai chef um, comic out at the time, but uh, we had been doing events so like that's always been a big part of what we do like events that bring people together in some way, um, and we noticed that we'd go to different like conventions or events with different audiences and like we'd see we'd meet different types of people um but like one thing that kind of connected people was video games and we had an interest in video games 
So we thought we'd create an event uh, called Gamepad that allowed people to come and play video games. But in in the process, they would sort of learn about our brand and us and hopefully they want to sort of stick around. Um, but it also allowed us to kind of showcase the different people that do play games and what it means to be a quote-unquote gamer um, because it, it can be shown in a stereotypical way um video Mm -hmm. games and the industry and what it is and we don't necessarily sort of uh believe in that so we wanted to yeah create something that would help um dispel that that myth of what it what a stereotypical gamer is so our events we get you know not just like sort of teenage uh, boys but um uh girls and and women and families and people from different uh ethnic backgrounds people different levels of gaming experience and all sort of come together uh in we used to come together in a in a physical space <laughs> and uh enjoy that um as well where did you um normally host the gamepad events oh so we actually we moved around quite a lot so i think we covered like yeah was, uh east west yep yeah, south london um and sort of northeast london so yeah we've done events all around london like um sort of uh borough of hackney um what was the other one lambeth uh yeah, westminster i think but yeah so all around and what it what it was is well partly um sort of just from necessity where we we're able to find spaces so we initially started the event in a furniture shop in west london uh in shepherd's bush that's just because we had some um retail space to sell our products there and we were it was free so we could um, well, it wasn't free, but it was no additional cost to do, to do the event um, in that space. So we just started there and we made the event free uh, and we got going. But then after a while, we we thought, well, one, the furniture shop wasn't working for us um, as, a, as a, a sort of practical event. Uh, like if you imagine that literally pieces of furniture um, around the space, yeah, wasn't the best. Um, so yeah, we went from that to then, making it a ticketed event so people would then pay to come and we would be able to like rent an actual hall uh and then we i think our first event for that was in east london um and then what i've tried to do since then is hold the event in places that are uh accessible so we've done events in like community centers we did one in lambeth town hall um and in places where people might not necessarily get uh, always get the chance to go to like some of these big events either they don't know about them because they're not sort of in that um, space or they just because these events can be expensive like to get into like comic-con and egx and things mm. like that so yeah just make something that's a bit more accessible so we tend to move around um uh, a little bit and maybe we'll, we have repeated um we've done events at venues more than once but yeah it just depends on what where we want to go next so how have you adapted Gamepad into a, an online space this year, given that uh, all the the physical events have had to be put on hold for now? Yeah, so that was a that was a big one and really uh is it's kind of funny now and, and like if you go to our website or like social media, it just looks like oh, it's just like a natural progression <laughs> um and an easy transition. It just like it really wasn't because um so our last event was in january um so we had an event in uh, old street 
and uh that was fine that that sort of went well um and our next event was planned for uh june um so yeah we were sort of ready to go we had the space everything was um sort of booked and then sort of pandemic hit and we couldn't do the event so at that stage and like i said because of the uncertainty uh, around sort of uh covid is like we can't do events and we don't know when we'll be able to do events again and up mm-hmm. until that point gamepad was like exclusively a physical event because the whole thing we had been saying is that it's about people coming out um in the real world being social um mm. so yeah from 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 that it's like well what do we what do we do there's like there's literally nothing um here so yeah i just had to have a think about how we can uh move ahead and as with everything it kind of it it means moving online um but i had to think about what that really meant because i didn't want to like undermine the message we've been putting putting out up until that point so i had to think about the mm-hmm. particular format um so in the end we we came up with an idea where gamepad online would be like a uh, a gaming watch party um so people can tune into uh, twitch um and i think next time youtube will get that figured out uh, so they can tune in and because our event is about like community so we'd have this friendly tournament between communities uh, and they'd play across like different games and each game would be a different round and people can tune in to watch that and then in between each round we would then have like video content so like messages from uh, different people in the games industry talking about their platform or their organization um, and um, and then I did interviews with uh, professionals in the games industry which played as part of the stream uh, because our thing is like also uh, re- um, sort of relevant to young people and showing young people from sort of different backgrounds that you can get into the games industry so it is yes it's a fun event and you can watch the games and you can take part but it's also you can be in the industry and and there's a path to work there so that's the idea um, for gamepad online is, is showcasing that um, yeah that side of gaming open up awareness for young people who might aspire to be in the industry by showing them people who may look like them so sort of a diverse range of people and diverse range of uh of roles within the industry so that was the the format that uh, i came up with and it worked well for the first event in june and then we've got another one coming up in september so outside of the gamepad events one of the things you um you've been doing a lot of is is creating uh, manga comics so how have you sort of generally kept going creatively during the lockdown you know, on one hand, everyone says, "Well, you know, you've you know you've got more time on your hands and things like that," but it's it's not <laughs> that straightforward. No, um, you know, has it actually made it easier in some respects, or has it just been you know really difficult to to you know to uh, work and write some of these things, especially because a lot of it is is collaborative as well with mm. you know writers and artists all over the place. Yeah, I mean, for us in terms of like collaboration, so our artist actually lives in. Um, uh, America in Colorado uh, and that's been like that for ages so there, there's no change in that sense um it's funny you say like yeah the assumption is you don't have more time and it's definitely that's not the case because <laughs> and it, I guess it, it depends on your situation because some people may uh I don't like you may be at, at work sort of a regular say, say sort of nine to five employment and you've been furloughed 
Um, and obviously that's, that in itself is a difficult situation. Um, but then you've kind of got something to come back to. Um, and then you might be in a situation where you might have more time. I mean, it, it becomes different for um, sort of self-employed or sort of like small, like where it's a very small business is pretty much just, just me and um, in the business and then everyone, we, um, sort of our team, uh, we work with to, to put things together. And when your business then is, is takes that kind of a hit, there's no free time. Like it's, not, it's not like relaxation time. It, it, it then becomes sort of more time spent on trying to salvage um, sort of what, yeah, what uh, you were doing and then trying to pivot as best you can in this sort of what the new, uh, the, the new normal, as everyone says, um, will be. So, yeah, it then becomes in a, in a weird way less time um mm. at, at least like from a, particularly from like a mental standpoint it's not much like relaxation time uh so yeah it, it does have an impact on like making the stories um i think or having said that in some ways it's it's um because one of the things i wanted to do during the the sort of the depths of the of the lockdown is is try and i guess like learn things or just hone skills or pick up new skills so things like um because we started a podcast so i know at the start i got like a proper <laughs> podcast and mic i uh, since got like a webcam so we can do uh, like video interviews um and then just learning how to edit uh, audio video things like that learning about like storytelling watching sort of videos on youtube and just trying to use the time um as best i could so i feel i've tr- yeah tried to sort of improve certain aspects in terms of like storytelling hopefully that will that will show in future stories so it's that kind of balance between sort of mentally trying to keep things together but then also knowing that at some point we'll we'll get to you know sort of stability and uh and things can continue uh in a, in a more normal way and then wanting to be in a sort of in, at least a improved space um in when we get to that point has the the pandemic and the lockdown influenced the work that that you've done as well um the creative work that you've done yeah in in different ways i guess from a from a perspective of the stories and the manga uh in some ways directly because the the one that we're working on now um that we have a kickstart for is sort of a direct result of uh, the pandemic it was not something that was planned it's just something that's come out uh, as a result of that um but in in other ways i I was thinking like it it, it's hard for me to sort of fully acknowledge this right right now while so i still feel the the impacts um of this but in some ways it has forced me to think of different ways to operate um as a business and a brand and maybe like i don't know this time next year i'll look back and go oh we're doing xyz um because we had to but now that's meant we're like way more resilient um as a company and there are more opportunities um that have come you know in the long term as a result of having to change the way we operate so yeah just trying to, i guess trying to yeah, keep it optimistic uh, as optimistic as optimistic as i can uh viewpoint on the way the pandemic has changed um how we operate you mentioned that new uh, manga that you've got the Kickstarter for. Is that Through the Fog? Yes, yeah. So w- what's the story of that one? Uh, yeah, so the, the story 
so I should say the story of Sirius in general, because uh, that um, we released a the volume one of Sirius like in twenty sixteen, the end of twenty sixteen. Um, and like I said, Sirius. Uh, so my matter is a sort of the the idea is is a television at work. So Sirius is like um, an underdog adventure uh, show story where it uh, the story centers around Blake um who gets the nickname Blake Sirius um and it's about him and his journey from his small neighborhood to the big city which is called the jungle and he has this dream this entrepreneurial dream to yeah to to make it to to make something uh important uh, and to like show that you know just because you're from a uh not such a great place you can still uh, achieve something so the story is about him sort of going to other neighborhoods and picking up other people to be part of his team and have to like overcome challenges and you sort of um, see how they, they deal with different um, aspects of that journey. Um, and it's, uh, so it's a story that, that Lau uh, sort of came up with and I'm now continuing, but uh, the idea was he loosely based it off ourselves um, and just some of the things that we uh, had seen, um, sort of like working with other people um so with Sirius Through the Fog, which follows on from the volume one story, uh, I sort of continued that theme of, of basing it loosely on ourselves. And um just from I guess really just from wanting to maybe process thoughts myself and take what I've seen during this pandemic, uh especially the early stages where everything was just like chaos. Um take that and then put that in the world of Sirius and see how these characters who have a particular goal, entrepreneurial goal, um, how they would deal with a pandemic situation um, from both like a sort of professional sort of business aspect, but also like from a mental um, aspects as well. Um, and I wanted to make something that would allow people and young readers in particular, because we're, we're talking comics and manga, so the audience tends to skew young, um, yeah, just have give them something that would allow them to focus on sort of positive lessons and outcomes that you can still have in situations like these, and it, in some cases because of situations like like these. So I wanted to put that into a story that um, yeah, hopefully we can get made and people will enjoy. When does the Kickstarter run to? Uh, so it's live. Well, as of recording, um, <laughs> it's it's live now, <laughs> and it and it will end on October the fifth. So, yeah, we're about 22 days away from that. So in terms of what comes next, have you been making plans for the rest of this year or for next year? Or are you waiting to see what's going to happen, what the what the status of you know events and things are going to be like next year? Or are mm. you planning for the worst case scenario of next year being pretty much the same as yeah. this year? Or, or can, can you even plan for things like this? Uh, I think to a certain extent you can plan. I mean, there's always the the thing I, I kept hearing, like I've heard for like years sort of um, uncertainty is the worst thing in, in business. And I, I mean, I, I understood it then, but I understand it even mm-hmm. more now because it's really hard to make plans when you, when you don't know what's going to happen and the situation can change like immediately. Like right now we're seeing... You know, obviously we're seeing like, you see a lot of the marketing from uh, from businesses and it's, it's along the lines, you know, we're reopening and 
sort of back to back to business and welcome back and and so on but you know if we have another lockdown then all, you know you need to change all your marketing and, and your plans so <laughs> um so yeah it is in a way kind of considering worst case um and i think for for me like i said earlier where a lot of what we do depended on sort of being in the physical space it's now saying okay don't depend on that um because you don't know when that's going to come back in full force and even if it does maybe you want to just be a bit more resilient anyway so i've kind of switched um um, i think so you know we spoke about the gamepad online but um even with that as well as the event uh just working on uh, building more of a community uh, online that can then work together with sort of physical events and uh, with our workshops. So we also do like work or <laughs> workshops in school. Um, so that's kind of come back, but we've also developed an online uh, workshop program that I want to build on. We did like a delivery at um, the end of summer. So I want to build on that and maybe turn that into more of a sort of community or membership or something uh, in future. So then we've got things that don't depend on um being in a physical space to make us money as a business and yeah i think that's the way i'm approaching it so for me my yeah my outlook is like don't expect physical events to come back or at least even come back as well as they were uh, before because you know we're in a different place um sort of from a economic perspective where you know people might not have money to go to a convention or if they do that's all the money they've got so they you can't guarantee they're going to want to uh, or they'll be able to buy like your products when they're there so yeah just trying to look at it from that perspective and see how we can sort of develop um into a better uh, better business and what are your plans in terms of continuing uh, your manga work are you going to return to serious in the future is the story you're writing at the moment for the kickstarter one that could continue if if the the current sort of global situation <laughs> continues are you gonna are you gonna kind of track that story forward or you know are there ever plans to go back to uh some of your other characters like samurai chef and the and the world of that as well uh yes all of the above um <laughs> basically so <laughs> um so serious was uh planned as three volumes uh, and we've done one and i was kind of thinking about where the second one can go so in a way, the, the Through the Fog is like a, uh, I don't know what the official thing, but it's like a in-between story. Mm. Um, so what I'm mindful of doing is it continues from the volume one, but it will also have elements that lead into and will be picked up now, now picked up on in volume two when that comes. Um, the original plan for the year uh, was mm. to actually work on a new story uh, and launch a Kickstarter for that, which is called 11th Hour. And when me and Laos started, we had these, uh, four ideas so we had idea of a samurai chef serious hot lunch and 11th hour and 11th hour is, is the one kind of that's left that we haven't actually created a story for um mm. so i'd actually been spending a lot of time sort of developing those characters in that story and um just to give you an idea so the 11th hour is about so it's like a sort of a mystery thriller um and it takes place in this land called uh, tempora and the leader is uh, turning into a bit of a, a dictator and wanting to hold on to power. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- this, there's this mystery around these watches, uh, these timepieces, so that will allow him to do that. And there's four kind of strangers that get sort of pushed into this plot and they don't know 
but they don't yet know what it's about exactly, but they're in it and they have to deal with it. So it's about, you know, what you have to do when you're in that situation. And it focuses on the main character, Norio, who's like an unassuming kid with um, maybe self-belief uh, issues. He doesn't feel like he can make an impact uh, on this world, but he's now in a situation where he kind of has to live up to his potential uh, and work with these other people he doesn't really know to stop um, this uh, this threat before the 11th hour, which is why uh, that's called that uh, that title. So I've been working on that, and that, that will be the next one um, we do. Uh, but I also have plans to come back to uh, other ones. So uh, Hot Lunch, uh, we finished, uh, we put it in print in January, um, and that will also be three volumes. Um, Samurai Chef is slightly different. So the story we did is that complete story, but I've been thinking about ideas to take that character and sort of the characters in that story to create like a new adventure. So I've got an idea for, for that as well. Could you tell us a little bit about your, well, it's not so new now, but um, uh, your story podcast that you started uh, relatively recently? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, uh, yeah, we started a podcast. Um, so this is, uh, again, so an idea that we had a while ago and um, it just got to a point where we had discussed the idea of doing a podcast, but never did it. So last year, I thought, well, if we keep talking about this, let's just do it. Uh, yeah, so we just we started with whatever sort of headset uh, microphone I had at the time and um, went from there. So the Story X Story podcast is essentially where we just do deep dives on stories across pop culture. So we'll cover like... Uh, like our recent, most recent one was um, on Alita, Battle Angel. Um, mm. We talked in great depth about Avatar, <laughs> The Last Airbender. Um, so we've done, yeah, like film, TV, comic books, uh, manga, anime. Uh, and yeah, we just invite guests to talk about the storytelling aspects. So like the characters, the themes. Um, but then we've also like added um, interviews. So we've interviewed like, other comic creators, cosplayers, uh, people in the video games industry. Uh, and then we also do like these video game roundtables where we just invite a bunch of people to talk about sort of the latest news in the video game industry. So yeah, it's kind of our chance to talk about sort of uh, themes and, and things going on in the areas that we kind of cover as a brand. So uh, finally, just to wrap up, what would you put into your homebrew recipe to uh, get you through the lockdown yeah so i was thinking i'd have to go a bit um uh, out of left field and be uh so i can tell you like i can mix in things that actually got me through <laughs> um <laughs> so things i'd I'd put in a a homebrew are like i would start with uh mixing in some uh some vision um put that in there some vision and some goals um probably add like a a gallon of music so, but not just any music, like specific, because obviously you want like specific flavors and uh, and stuff like that. So I'll put in uh, maybe some like um, uh, 80s soul music, um, maybe like a dash of uh, 90s hip hop, R&B. Um, and then, you know, you've got like stir that all in. Um, maybe while that's been stirred up, uh, add in some uh, some sports, some football, some, some basketball, that kind of uh, helps. Um, I think I'd, uh, yeah, so get that all stirred, let that cool for a while, um, and then add in stories. So depending on what kind of flavor I wanted, um, there might be some stories from film, 
might have one version that has stories from books, uh, another comics um, and manga, um, and then add an ounce of community support. So I put that in there because that's helpful. Um, and then, yeah, that would be my that my homebrew. I'd, I'd, I'd get that, uh, serve that with some video games, and I think that will get me that will get me through. I think that's the best recipe we've had yet. <laughs> Certainly the most detailed one. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, very, uh, yeah, homebrew's got to be like uh, very specific. Otherwise, you know, it just all like goes flat. So <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. It's been fantastic having another chance to chat to you. Yeah, no, thanks for thanks for having me and giving me yeah, always uh, appreciative of the opportunity to speak about what we do. And whereabouts can our listeners find uh, my matter online yeah so the the best place is myamada.com uh, and you'll get to see our characters and, and universe um, and then if you are uh, interested in the gaming event you can go to gamepad.events and we've created a specific site just for that um, and in our workshops uh, for uh, storytelling workshops for for young people are at the storyboard.org uh, and then we're on social media, so mainly um, Twitter and Instagram. So you can um, check out um, or just like search for My Matter. Um, the Kickstarter again. I think if you search for My Matter, we should come up or Serious Through the Fog. If you search for that on uh, Kickstarter.com, and our Story X Story podcast can be found at MyMatter.com forward slash Story X Story. Um, I think yeah, basically like. Yeah, everywhere. <laughs> just search my matter and see what see what comes up. Hopefully, just our stuff. Cool. Well, thanks again for uh, for joining us. Oh, no problem. So, we'd like to thank Nigel Chumassi once again for joining us on our latest homebrew episode, and uh, do check out the website where we'll put links to. Uh, Myamada, their Kickstarter and also their podcast as well they're all worth checking out yeah. and if you want to get in touch with us you can go to our website timeforcakesandale.com, find us on Twitter at TFCAA or on our Facebook page Time for Cakes and Ale but for now, until next time be, be seeing, seeing you, you.